Indeed, this is a time of new beginnings. Uh, we have entered into this brand new year, 2014. Does that sound strange? 2014. Every single time I hear this, we're climbing higher and higher in the years. It, it brings me back to the, in the, just around the year 2000, when they were saying the world was going to end. It brings me back to the 80s when we thought that we weren't going to enter into the 90s, that the Lord was going to come. But here we are, 2014. I know some of the young people, they're scratching their head and say, what are you talking about? You know, what I'm talking about, if the world had come to an end in 1990, you would not exist. That's what I'm talking about. But we serve an awesome God. Here we are in a new year. We're in a new season. And we serve an awesome God because he's been with us all through these years. Amen. He has sustained us. He has been with us. Yes, we have gone through trials and tribulations, but somehow we keep on ticking. Praise the Lord. It's a wonderful thing when we serve the Lord. And whatever trials and tribulations you have been through, whatever valleys you have crossed through to make it over into 2014, the word that I have to give you that it's not going to always be like that. But better is coming. We serve an awesome God that has a plan for your life. And if we just allow God to unfold his plan in our lives, great things, great things will happen. And so as I stand here, I stand here in amazement thinking of all the wonderful things, the wonderful gifts that God has in store for each and every one of us and so today as we come we come to worship we come to adore our lord and our savior jesus christ amen how many of you guys love the lord how many of you guys are excited excited at the possibility of what god has in store for you this year amen yes your bank account may be zero, right? But your faith account should be 100%. Amen? Come on, everybody. Praise the Lord. I don't know. But, you know, I am what you call an eternal optimist. And the real, real reason that I'm an optimist is because I believe in God. I believe in what God can do. He has done it before. Why can't he do it again? Amen? And so as we stand here, as we stand on this mountain, and as we look over and we wonder, you know, what is going to be when we go into 2014, trials and tribulations but God has said that I will never leave you nor forsake you I am going to be with you through the thick or thin God is with us amen 
And so I want to praise God today. It is my prayer that the year will end. And as we look back at this year, 2014, we will say, Lord, we have seen strange things this year. You have been with me. Through thick or thin, you have been with me. And you have blessed my family. You have blessed my church. You have blessed my community. And so I want you to know, church, as we look into 2014, we have great plans. And I believe God has gifted us with many, many talented people. And as I meet with the different committees, I'm excited at some of the plans that's uh, going to come on this year. Uh, I mean, we're talking about the, the March experience that we're going to have. Um, we're looking at the parking lot preaching. How many of you guys remember parking lot preaching from last year? Now I want you to know we're taking a step a little higher. Parking lot preaching is going to be over three days. And it's going to be on Friday night where we're going to have a celebration concert, open ear concert in our parking lot. Come on, everybody. Good Christian music in the airways, inviting our neighbors to come as we see the setting of the sun entering into the Sabbath. And we're going to be praising the Lord. Amen. And then we're going to have our Sabbath school outside. We're going to have our preaching service outside. And then we're going to have an evening service outside. And Sunday is going to be a day of fun. It's going to be a family day where every, you're going to have all the kids from coming all over, all across, enjoying the meeting in our parking lot. Right, Sister Bray? I'm looking forward to this year. In, in fact, right across Vegas this very year, um, we have a theme that you're going to see on some of our billboards. All our churches are working together on this theme. What happens in Vegas, dot, 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 could be eternal. The question is, are you willing to gamble? Are you willing to gamble? And this is in preparation for our fall series that we're going to have all across the valley. All our churches will be preaching on the very same theme, culminating in a big baptism that we're going to be having uh, at uh, the big convention center, uh, Cashman's uh, Convention Center. And so I want you all to stay tuned. We want your hands, we want your feet, we want your influence, we want your money, we want your time, we want everything you've got because we are working, amen, to depopulate, to depopulate anyone that is bound for hell in Vegas, we want that to stop and we want them to make a U-turn to God, amen. How many of you guys are going to be with this plan? Let's see your hands. Let's see your hands. Father in heaven, we lift our hands in commitment today. As we begin 
this venture, Father, with you. We know you have big plans for us individually, big plans for us here in this church, big plans in this community, and big plans in Vegas. And right across, Lord, we just ask that you will bless and anoint each and every person here within the hearing of my voice. We pray, Father, that you will take control of your people and bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today I have a brief word for you. Uh, the word is going to be uh, wrapped up as we move into our communion service. It is going to be in different phases, but I want to get us moving in as our theme for this month is new beginnings. New beginnings. God is a God that specializes in new beginnings. Uh, there is always something brand new with God. Uh, I don't know about you, but every, every single morning I get up, I get up with this thing in mind. I'm saying, Lord, what is next? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to connect with? New beginnings. In order for us to experience the beginnings that God wants us to experience, there needs to be a breaking down of walls. There are various walls that, that, that surrounds us and that we have erected that has been caging us in. And I believe through the power of the Holy Ghost, he wants to break down these walls. We want to praise God that, yes, we had walls that held uh, our nations captive, walls of racism, and we have seen these walls broken down with the influences of men like Martin Luther King. Uh, we've seen walls that have uh, been erected up and, and just separating genders and Genders, uh, women are not able to receive the, the same amount of pay, doing the same amount of money, but not receiving the same amount of pay. And we see these walls breaking down. Thank God for the, the wisdom and the tenacity and the drive of our president, Barack Obama. Breaking down walls. But ultimately, the walls, the walls that keeps us hostage are walls that we have erected for ourselves and within the church. You see, the church, uh, there are individuals within the church. Uh, we like to erect these spiritual walls that keeps the righteous people within on the unrighteous outside. And so the holy ones remain within and the, we look and we scoff at the unrighteous. Christ came to break down this wall. And we have, have to annihilate these walls that separate us. It shouldn't be an us and them, but it should be a we. As we come into this brand new experience, we need to come with this mind that Christ wants us all to be one. And so as we focus on the theme, new beginnings, we see in the scripture when Jesus Christ came on the scene, 
in the book of Matthew, we see that in Matthew chapter uh, 1, we see Jesus coming in on the scene, and, and Jesus, the ministry of Jesus starts to build. And what happens and what takes place in, this, in the ministry of Jesus is that Jesus came and he was a unique person. Never before anyone came in and did what Jesus did. We see that Jesus, it was prophesied that Jesus was to come and begin a new order of things. You see, the Jews back then, they had a certain way of thinking, a certain way of doing things. Religion was restrictive, and everyone, they ministered within the confinements of their own synagogue, their own community, keeping the Gentiles out. But Jesus came to break down the wall of separation. He came to say there should not be a Samaritan worshiping the, in this mountain and the Jerusalem and the, the Jews worshiping in down in Jerusalem. This came, Jesus Christ came to break this down and to bring us together as one. And that is the mission of Jesus. Uh, one very intriguing text in the Bible found in uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 17. We see in Matthew chapter 1, verse 17, a very intriguing text. And when you get the, your study guide, we're going to see you're go you, this is going to break it down and you will be able to even delve into this more. We see here, it says, So all the generations from Abraham... To David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon was 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to Christ was 14 generations. We see uh, the Matthew goes through and he explains and he shows that there are basically 42 generations from Abraham to Jesus, but Jesus coming in now, Matthew goes ahead and describes Jesus as the Emmanuel, the God with us. No longer a God that is from a distance, but God is with us. You see, Matthew comes and he explains and talks about a God that is mingling with his people, a God that is touching his people, a God that is confronting his people, a God that is coming within this, this sphere of his people and ministering with his people, a God that is breaking down the walls of separation breaking down the walls of separation. It's important for us to understand as a church, if we are going to be effective in this community, the community must pass by this church and see that they are welcome in this community. They have to recognize that this is our house. The young people uh, should be able to come and say, well, this is our house. We could come and we could fellowship here. This is a place for old folks. It is not a retirement home, but it's a place where we come and we fellowship. Different generations coming together in one. And so Jesus Christ came 
and he comes across all these generations, all these 42 uh, generations as it was, our 1260-year generations, um, we see Jesus coming in, and he comes, and he comes to set things in order. And I want you to understand that Jesus was a, a unique figure because it seemed that every single tradition that these Jews, the Jews had, Jesus Christ came to clarify these traditions. You see, it's very important, folks, to realize that if we're following a tradition and we don't understand the meaning of the tradition, we could lead people astray. And it's similar to this very communion service that we will celebrate today. Many of us are wrapped into this tradition. This is the way we do things and we just follow the tradition but we don't understand the meaning. As we taught a few communions ago that communion, the communion service, the word communion means what? Fellowship. That word communion means fellowship. Fellowship, where we fellowship one with another. Fellowship, where we get to know one another. Where we come into uh, someone's um, place, right, of fellowship. Where we interact, where we exchange, where we communicate, where we get to know one another. Fellowship. It is a sad thing for me to hear someone being in this church for 20 years and they don't know anybody. That's a problem. You know what always appalls me is when someone calls and say, well, um, there is a gentleman over, I have seen him over the years, but you know, I have never really gotten to know him. Do you have his number, pastor? And I was just commenting to my wife, I'm saying, I get these calls so often. And I'm saying, hey, if we're in fellowship, if we're on the same team, we need to be able to understand each other. We, we should be able to communicate with each other. We're on the same team, and we have a common goal, and it's to win souls for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. You know, people always say the big church mentality, the bigger the church, is the less that we get to know one another. I don't believe that's, that's so. I believe you could have a church as large as 30,000 and you could have amazing fellowship. You know how I know that? Because when I look back in the apostolic church in the book of Acts chapter 2, I noticed that church grew in number. 3,000 added the first day. Thousands a day added, added, added. But you know what? They had amazing fellowship. Because the Bible tells us that after they had this amazing fellowship, what they did, they went from house to house, visiting each other from house to house, breaking bread, 
praying with each other, studying the word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead them and fuse them together in one. It was amazing to see what the Holy Spirit is able to do. One of the things that I hate to see within church organization is where we try to pit one group against the other. We try to say, well, this is a young people's church. This is a young people's church. And so I've always had this title that, well, you know, you attract just young people. But it's not so. I believe that God is calling us where he wants us to come together in one, young and old. If you want to see wherever the spirit is being poured out, is when you go into a church and the young and old and even the little ones and even the older ones, they're all fused together in one. The Bible tells us in Joel chapter 2 that the Lord, this is an ideal circumstance where his spirit is poured out. And so what we have to do as a church, there are certain mental segregation that we have in our minds that has to be broken down. And we got to just allow God to do his business in his church. We got to allow God to take control of his church. There was one famous minister, he preached a sermon, and the sermon was, I want my church back. Now, some of you might have heard it on the web, but uh, Google it or YouTube it, all right? You know his Brooks, right? I want my church back. Yes, we want that church of fellowship back, the church of oneness, the church of communion, the church where we come together and we recognize that we are one in Christ. One of the amazing things I love is when I visit other churches and immediately I visit one other churches and I see, wow, you know, I mean, I feel so loved. Like my brother that came from California and he says, well, we're relocating here. We're here, right? And I say, well, this is it. You know, you are my brother and you should come into this church, brother, and feel that, hey, listen, we're one. We're one. Uh, this is not a, an African-American church. You know, we like to label churches. This is an African-American church. And I would say, well, I pastored a Filipino church, a Romanian church, a Ghanaian church. We, we put these labels, and sometimes the labels detract people. They run away. And we got to come together and worship we got to learn to worship together. we got to learn to understand the intergenerational worship experience, even young people. Sometimes the young people come together and they put on a, a program, or, or they minister to us, and instead of encouraging them, we step on them. We didn't appreciate that music. It was too loud. If the music was too loud, well, and it affects your hearing aid, well, turn, turn it down a bit. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying is that we need to be able, or, or if, if, if the hymn, you say, well, I don't like the hymn. You're a young person. I don't like the hymn, right? I don't like the hymn. 
Well, come up a little closer and even try to jazz up the hymn a bit. You know, I remember we used to be a part of this church and every time they would get up and sing the hymn, they would drag the hymn out. And they, they were in cahoots with the organist and the organist would just, just pick the notes out and everything is dragged out. And I remember a few buddies of mine, we used to say, okay, you know what we're gonna do? We got closer and you know I don't sing, right? But sometimes uh, if I'm motivated, I really sing. And so we, 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 we got up and we said, you know, we're gonna start to sing loud and we're gonna add, you know, add a little pep. And we did that until the organist started, you know, jazzing it up a bit. <laughs> What I'm saying to us, we need to stop complaining and be a part of the solution. We gotta break these walls down. Instead of running away from the church, become involved in it and bring about a change. God has brought us together to make a change, to make a difference. And so if you see things a little different and you think a little out of the box and crazy, well, come and say, Pastor, can we do this? Can we try this? And I believe, I like, just roll up our sleeves, let's work together. We got to break these walls down. God specializes in new beginning, and that new beginning may begin with you. So instead of complaining, let's come together. And let's make a difference for Christ. The story is told, and this is my last. And I had to bring this into the message, and I was wondering how to, but the Lord was trying to tell me, you've got to bring it in. James chapter 2. James chapter 2. In James chapter 2, it's a story of two men that came to church. One man, he's awfully, obviously a wealthy man. He has done well for himself. He has his business and all of that. But there's another man, and this man, he don't have too much. He's on food stamps. He's unemployed, and he doesn't have the fancy clothes. And as the James challenges us to break down these walls. He challenges us to not have this within and among us. And this, it goes like this in chapter 1. My brother, show no partiality as you hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of us believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, folks, the hands that's behind the body, the Bible is saying, do not be partial. Do not be partial. Do not look down on anyone, right? Because you hold, you hold, and I'm reading from the, this, the um, English Standard Bible. It says, you hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. You hold the faith. We are holders and keepers of the faith. The Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord of glory. Verse 2, it says, For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothes comes 
in your assembly and a poor man uh, and, and uh, in your assembly and a poor man in shabby miss my place in shabby clothes comes in the assembly it comes in in verse 3 and if you pay attention to the one who has fine clothing and say oh sit in this good place while you said to the poor man, oh, just sit over there or sit at my feet. Sit over there or sit at my feet. He says, you have, have, have you not then made distinction among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Do we look around the church and do we look at someone and say, well, oh, surely that person prays well, so they must be more righteous. Surely that person dresses well, so that person, well, they have more money. Oh, surely that person has this big job, so, well, hey, let me hang with this person. Oh, but that person, no, he's unemployed. He has, and I smell alcohol in his breath. Yeah. Or oh, he's a smoker. His teeth is yellow as anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, oh, man. She, you know, she's in something else. The Bible is telling us do not be partial. Do not be partial. It's telling us, and as James is, is, is bringing us, he says that this is your, this is a, let me just say what it says evil thoughts. evil thoughts. We are allowing Satan to speak through us. Listen, my beloved brethren, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heir of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? Verse 6, but you have dishonored you have dishonored, you have dishonored the poor man and are, and are not the rich ones who oppress you, are not these rich ones who oppress you at times and bring you to court, you know? Are not, are not the ones, um, they, are not they the ones that blaspheme and dishonor uh, the name of our Lord, right? If you really Fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. For if you show partiality uh, and are committing, you are committing sin and, con and are convicted by the law of transgressors. For whosoever keeps the whole law and fails in one point is guilty of all. Are become accountable of all. Church, I believe God has called us to be change agents within our sphere, in our jobs, in our family, in this community. I believe God has called us to set a brand new example. Why are we beginning this year and thinking the same old negative thoughts. 
Why are we beginning this year and we're beginning it in the same way and we're, we're treating people in the same way, stepping on people? Why are we starting this year showing preference to one family and another? Is there a family that you will not invite to your home for a Sabbath meal? Is there a visitor that you will not rub shoulder with? Do you have a problem with that? When we think of the gospel and what Christ wants to accomplish in your life, are you being, are you being a hindrance to the work of God? Are you blocking the way of potential blessing? Christ came. And he came and had communion with mankind. He came and fellowship with mankind. He was able to get down with the young people. He was able to get down with the children. He was able to hang out with the seniors, being a 20-something old guy. Jesus was able to do that. And what I'm saying to us as a church there are some walls that needs to be broken down and he wants to bring us into a brand new experience. He wants to bring us into an experience that you have never been or seen before. And if we just allow God to just let loose in your life, can you imagine what will happen? Just imagine, for one little sec, if we just allow God to just let loose, break out in your life, with no restrictions, you don't know what that means, right? When God is loose in your life, and God says, all right, you see that drinking stuff, you need to quit that. And you say, okay, Lord, I will, right? You, you, see, you see that smoking, that stuff that you're sniffing and all of that, you give that up and come to me, come closer. If you just allow God to just be loose in your life, you see that brother or sister you're not talking to for a long time, you need to approach that brother or sister and you need to make amends. If we just allow God to let loose in our lives, just imagine what a brand new experience you could have. God is a God of new beginnings. And this is why I get up in every day. I get up and I wonder. I say, God, what's, what's the adventure for today? It's always an adventure. It's always an adventure. Sometimes I get calls 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'm, you know, Pastor, can you come and help us out here? And, every, you know, and I'm tired. But it's an adventure. Because I believe God he has brought us in at this particular time for a particular reason to accomplish, accomplish a particular purpose. That means the person that is sitting down right there, that is you, that is sitting down in the pew, there's a mission for you. There is nobody that is sitting down in this place, young or old, that God has not called. And so he has brought you now into this communion. 
He has brought you into this fellowship. He has brought you for a purpose. He has brought you for a mission. And you're going to hear this over and over and over again. God has brought us here for a purpose. And I want to encourage us, church, please, let's not focus on the same old, same old, boring religion. And when I'm saying boring religion, it becomes boring and mundane if we don't allow God to just, you know, create that new experience. Every single day, he has a new mission for you. Amen? And I want to encourage us in Christ today. As we take this communion today, this communion symbolizes a new beginning, a new experience. It symbolizes putting away the old and taking on the new. It symbolizes, Lord, I want more of you in me. I want the Holy Spirit within me. I want, I want that newness in me. I want that new experience. I want to have a new walk. I want to have a new talk. I want to have a new mission. I, this is the new me stepping out. It is my prayer that the old you came in the church today and the Holy Spirit just stirred you up. We had the communion and you just leave this church invigorated that people across the street in the neighborhood, they will see you going out and they say, what, are these guys drunk? And someone could say, no, no, it's none that other than the Holy Ghost that touched us in that church. Amen? We want that experience. How many of you guys want that experience? Please, everybody, I am begging you. I am begging you. I know this. The Bible cannot lie. God wants us to walk in a brand new experience. The things that I used to do, I do them no more. Amen? It is. It is enough. It is enough. It is enough. security gate they hugged and the mother said I love you and I wish you enough the daughter replied mom our life together has been more than enough your love is all I ever needed I wish you enough too mom they kissed and the daughter left welcomed me in by asking, did you ever say goodbye to someone knowing that it would be forever? Yes, I have, I replied. Forgive me for asking, but why is this a forever goodbye? I am old, and she lives so far away. I have family to see, 
down from other generations. My parents used to say it to everyone. just enough good things to sustain them. Then turning towards me, she shared the following, reciting it from memory. I wish you enough sun to keep your attitude bright. I wish you enough rain to appreciate the sun more. I wish you enough happiness to keep your spirit alive. I wish you enough pain so that the smallest joys in life appear much bigger. I wish you enough gain to satisfy your wanting. I wish you enough loss to appreciate all that you possess. I wish you enough hellos to get you through the final goodbyes. She then began to cry and walked away. They say it takes a minute to find a special person, an hour to appreciate them. I wish you enough sun to keep your attitude bright. Do you wish that? If you wish that, stand with me. I wish you enough rain to appreciate the sun more. I wish you enough happiness to keep your spirit alive. I wish you enough pain so that the smallest joy in life appears much bigger. I wish you enough gain to satisfy your wanting. I wish you enough loss to appreciate all that you possess. I wish you enough hellos to get you through the final goodbye. I wish you enough. I wish you enough. I wish you enough. God is calling us to be change agents in 2014. He wants to bring us to a different level of ministry. He wants to bring you. He wants to bring you into a brand new experience. But in order for that to happen, we have to let go of the past. We got to break down those walls and allow God to take control a hundred percent control of our lives. How many of us will respond to this call and just allow God to do what only he can do? Lord in heaven, please. I'm just asking, Lord, that you will step down in a special way 
this afternoon. I pray, Father, that you will touch every single person within the hearing of my voice. There are individuals in this place, Lord, that need to give their hearts to God. And I pray, Father, as their hands are lifted up, I pray that you will give them courage to stand and even make it down to the front now, that they will surrender their lives fully over to you, that indeed they'll come, Lord, and they'll say, I wish, I wish enough. Lord, please take your people once again. I pray, Father, that you'll anoint every single person here, every single person that's listening you know the experiences, Lord, and you know where we came from. You know where we're going, Lord. And I just ask, Lord, that you will come now and bless us. We need a fresh anointing. We need a brand new experience. We need a new beginning. Even if we think that our life is going so right, Lord, help us to know that we need a new beginning. That as we start out, Lord, we will start out with you, knowing that we cannot do it ourselves. As we transition now into the communion service, and as we take the broken body, the emblem representing your broken body, Lord, I pray that we will have more of you and less of the world. As we drink of the wine, I pray, Father, that you will cleanse us purely throughout our being spiritually, mentally, and physically, that we will be able to stand, not on our own, but in the name of Jesus Christ. Bless your people once again, Lord, and lead us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. As we prepare for the service, we practice open communion here, and in the next few moments, we'll be sharing the emblems of the broken body of Jesus Christ and his spilled blood. These very emblems are just emblems in themselves they don't actually turn into the literal body and blood of Jesus Christ. But we know that Jesus has given the Holy Spirit who is here with us, who comes in and cleanses us, who renews us, who gives us a brand new experience. Praise God. And so as we open up this service, We'd like everyone to know that feel free, whether you're a member or non-member, you can feel free to participate. It is all free in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And as we have this experience, we'll invite the deacons to come forward and deaconesses.
We're going to open today's communion with one of my favorite songs, hymn number 251, He Lives. Hymn number 251. now have the reading of the bread. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. heads for prayer. Thank you, Lord God. Dear Father, you are the creator of the heaven and the earth, the worlds. Everything belongs unto you. You've done all things well. You've helped fallen man to come back into fellowship 
you've helped us to come back into relationship and you've given us joy and you've given us peace through your darling son Jesus Christ the bread the true bread of life we thank you for that broken body that was broken and shed for us God, we're asking you in the name of Jesus that we would accept this sacrificial offering and how dear it is and what it means to have Christ in our lives and that we do not abuse the beautiful things that you've done in the earth and that we will recognize and we will discern and know the purpose of what you have done. Thank you for your broken body, wounds in your side and your hands and your feet. You were pierced and wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquity. Therefore, today we come to commemorate all that you have done for us, your broken body. Father, allow us to sense a brokenness in our hearts and a contrite spirit in our heart, Lord, that your death be not in vain. We thank you right now for that broken body and that shed blood. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you. this time as the bread is being served you may have a testimony that you'd like to share uh, with the church to edify the body the Lord has blessed you and you want to take uh, 30 seconds or so and to say hey praise God this is what God has done for me and if he has done it for me he surely can do it for you is there anyone that would like to testify the goodness of God or brother Yes, good morning, church. Uh, something transpired in the church last week, which annoying to the congregation. On Sunday morning, the Lord has given me a revelation in answer to it. This is what He showed me. I saw I was standing on the road, and I heard the sound of a machine, but I couldn't tell from whence it was coming. But I lift my eyes up on top of the hill and saw a bulldozer clearing the hill. But at the cliff to the hill was a huge tree. And I wonder how would the machine remove the tree since there was no foundation. I looked up and I saw the and the carriage of the machine, I saw the track. But just when the blade hit the tree, 
ground appeared where there was once no ground. And the machine went forward and removed the tree. Now, when the operator came off the machine, I saw it was a woman. She came to me, and then she went, and with a white material, she drew a straight line along the road. There was a boy with me, and he stepped away from the line, and I said to him, no, you got to stay on the line. Now, this is how I understand interpretation to be. First of all, faith without works is dead. And secondly, what is impossible with man is possible with God. For with God, all things are possible. A woman represents the church, and Christ is the head of the church. And Christ is saying, every obstacle in the way he's going to remove, for nobody can frustrate the counsel of God. But you have to enter into the straight gate and walk the narrow path. That was in the morning. In the afternoon, he showed me this. I saw I was standing in a field, and there were many people there. There were relatives, friends, and saints. I even saw a member from Abundant Life there. It was a fun day. They were having a fine time. They had music. They had food. They were eating and drinking. They were dancing. You should see how the woman spinning the man in her hand and the man spinning the woman in her hand. Now, I saw a group came from a different conference, and a girl came to pick them up with a tractor and a trailer, but she, this was, she had earring in her ears, and I had doubts. So I asked them, I said, is she from the same conference? They said, yes. Now, I was lying out there on a bench, and a woman was lying in my hand, and the next woman was sitting next to us. And one of the dancing ladies came over to me and asked me to dance, and I said, no, I don't want to dance. I said, can you not see this woman lying in my hand? I said, just no. Darkness is going to fall on all of you. And me and this woman is going to leave here and none of you would know it. I woke up and I went to my Bible. Matthew 24 verse 37 through 39 says, As the day of Noah war, so shall come into the Son of Man be. For in the days before the flood they were eating and drinking and marrying. Marrying giving into marriage until Noah went into the ark and they know not. And the flood came and took them all away. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody can frustrate the counsel of God. Let us walk straight the narrow path so that that day does not come upon us as a snare. Amen. 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 Amen to the word of God. Do we have, we have time for one more? Do we have a brief testimony? Lord has been good to you over the last couple of months. The Lord has done something in your life that you want to say, church, thank you to the Lord. Hello, everybody. I, I just want to, um, uh, I got a testimony uh, of how the Lord do and how he worked. Um, Use your mic, brother. Oh, hello, hello. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, I just want to, I got a quick testimony how the Lord worked, you know, and how, um, what, he, what he has done for me. Um, about, about six weeks ago, maybe a month ago, or about a month, almost two months ago, uh, I was granted an opportunity to, um, for, uh, to take a culinary course and uh, get a scholarship. And um, so I took the opportunity, me and another brother actually, and um, the Sabbath situation came up and about the going to school on a Sabbath and stuff like that. And um, so um, that came up and um, we had to, you know, let them know, of course, about the Sabbath and stuff like that. 
So it was kind of kind of bumpy at first. And actually, the, the, the professor, he actually told me I couldn't even get the scholarship. And um, so I accepted that and um, kept pushing forward. But a few days later, uh, I guess he talked to Brother Madden, and um, he let him know, you know what I'm saying, that, um, they, they, that he liked it, um, me taking a stand like that. And um, he actually granted me the, the scholarship, you know. And um, actually, um, so we, we continued to do the school for about six weeks. You know, so every Sabbath on Friday, when the Sabbath, when the sunset came, me and another brother would leave early. And um, that kind of, the, uh, he, I guess the professor, he didn't know too much, you know, so he was kind of questioning that too. And so it was kind of a little bit of altercations here and there on this little mission. And, um, but long story short, at the end, you know, we made it through by the grace of the Lord. And um, at the end of it, you know, like just how to, to see what the Lord has done, um, so we completed it, and um, what the Lord did was he impressed the brother to change the whole days uh, for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Thank God. Amen. So, so he, he impressed him. So the school is, it used to be from Sunday to Saturday. Wait, Sunday? Was it Monday? I'm sorry. It was Tuesday to Saturday. Tuesday to Saturday. And um, now it's Monday through Friday. Amen. Amen. You know what I'm saying? So Amen. I just want to lift up the Lord in that. And, you know, if anybody out there struggling with the Sabbath stuff, you know, you know what I'm saying? Just take your stand and he's going to come through and Amen. show up and show out. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Never compromise. We serve an awesome God, doesn't he? All right. Let us, um, is uh, everyone served? Everyone served? Awesome, God. Awesome. If we are faithful to him, he will be faithful to us. Amen. As we walk this Christian journey, uh, no one has promised that it's going to be a smooth one. It's going to be rough. You're going to have your challenges. As our brother says, walking that straight line, it, you can't walk that straight line on your own. You cannot. We need the assistance of the Holy Spirit to help us to walk that straight line. And so as we have walked this journey, um, God, he will help us to even get our Sabbaths off. And that we will have that experience to worship him freely.
Everyone served. All these served. This is the symbol that represents the body of Christ. Let's not eat this in just any traditional way. And what I'm saying, any traditional way. You're eating this because you're saying that we're standing with God and we will be entering into fellowship. We'll be fellowshipping one with another. We'll be getting to know one another. It will be a shame if you eat this bread and you just eat it and taste it and say, all right. But then we don't fellowship one another. We don't mingle. We don't get to know one another. We don't grow in Christ. And this is what it's all about. And so as we eat this bread, let's recognize that it is, we're saying, Lord, exactly what you would do if you were in our place, this is what we're doing. And so let us eat this with this prayer on our mind that we want God to fulfill his mission in our lives. Amen? Let us eat it in a prayerful manner. Nothing between my soul and my Savior. We will now have the reading for the wine. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till it come. Therefore, whoever eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord, in unholy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Amen. 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 Our Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, Lord, we just pray, O oh God, that you would bless the wine and sanctify it. Lord, we pray, Lord, that each one of us would not take this sacrifice in a way that dishonor him. We pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will move through us, O oh Lord, and help us to have a richer experience with him. And Lord, and we just cling to the promise, Lord, that he's coming back for us again, O oh God. And Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity. In his name, amen. Amen. Praise God.
God. church we we have so many talents and we want to just thank God for your talent it is good to see our young people uh, utilizing their talents to the glory of God amen, amen. and so at this time we'd like to uh, see is there anyone uh, that would like to give a brief testimony a brief testimony of something God is doing in your life you'd like to share with the church Yes, as long as there's life in my body, I have a testimony to the goodness of the Lord. I've been witnessing my neighborhood for quite a while. I've invited my neighbors uh, to church with me. I've passed out flyers many, many times, but I have not gotten any response. But about three months ago, I have a neighbor that moved in across the street. She moved in from Bulgaria. She came looking for me one Sabbath morning 
And I wasn't there. My car was gone. And she came back across the street, and she said, I was looking for you. You were gone all day. I said, yes, I was at church. She said, church? I said, yes. I said, you should go with me sometime. She said, I'll go. Every Sabbath since I've been in town, my neighbor Tammy has been coming to church with me. Praise the Lord. And I Praise thank God. Lord. And that has been since... since she even baked me a cake and bought me a present over a couple of days ago. <laughs> and she told me some other people have been coming to her door, inviting her to church. And she said, no, I already have a church I'm going to. Amen. So, Pastor, when you said it's new beginnings, yeah. I know it's a new beginning for our neighborhood. Amen. As Tammy and I work together. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much, Sister Hodges. You know, it's very important for us to understand that each one God has designed for us to reach one. You know, and there are no excuses. You know, you may have been trying for years, but finally, there's a breakthrough in Sister Hodges' uh, street. Who knows? You're going to win the entire street, and they're going to name the street after you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> God does amazing things. Do we have another testimony? Another testimony? Yes. Hello, church. Hello. Uh, my name is Brian Hodge. No relation to Sister Hodges, but um, I, just, I just like to be thankful that I was able to finally know the real church day instead of the Sunday. Because I grew up and I, I thought that the real church day was Sunday. So when I was... Uh, asked to come to this church and I finally became a member and got baptized uh, I was able to learn the truth and the real Sabbath and uphold the Sabbath and along with brother DeMarco we also attended the same school and we also was a change things so I'm just thankful for being here and thankful for being able to know the truth and just God bless everybody and myself and everybody That's all. praise God praise God praise God praise God everyone served all right Please come forward. Amen. I think I saw a hand over there. Okay. I got everyone. All the testimonies in. All right. We see a very long hand back there. <laughs> Elder Richardson. Yes. He has a mic. He's getting a mic. Okay. Go right ahead. You could speak even without the mic. I hear you in Sabbath school. Testing, there we go. Anyway, they had uh, taken up the, the uh, church service with a testimony, and I'm not going to, I don't have that much long, but I want to give you the gist of the testimony. It's the best testimony that I had ever heard, and maybe um, I have an opportunity to share with you. It'll do something for you. But there was a couple that the pastor was interviewing, and one was, um, uh, her, she was born in Arizona, but her family was from England. And she was a very beautiful woman. 
and she married a Filipino. And here they are, they're getting married, and the pastor's interviewing them. And so what ends